0: Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. If losing two football games has impacted your spiritual life too deeply, say, Lord, help me. (laughs) It's sad because it's true, amen. Uh, Man, I remember like, back in the day when oh you would lose it would just like wreck my life like for the next like three days and um man I just remember asking myself this question like um, like do I care more about winning football games or winning people to Jesus? Amen. Right? Some and I'm gonna ask yourself I'm gonna ask you that question as well. And some of you are like Well how many games are we talking about? Like I mean championships, like like Y'all haven't. Y'all weren't even alive the last time we won a championship, right? My goodness, I'm getting old. All right, it's all good though. Um, as I prepared for this message today, uh, I was actually preparing for uh, the next chapter of 1 Peter. I was excited about it, um, and God said uh, He intervened. Anybody been there? Like you had a plan, you had a direction, and God says. No, right? I don't know if that's how God speaks to you, but that's how he speaks to me. He's like, don't do that, Brent, right? No. Um, He was like, I want you to talk about something else this week. Uh, And he kind of just dropped just kind of this vision on me, uh, maybe where some of you are at tonight. Um, And I think he gave me a fresh word because the word tonight is going to be to those who might be feeling a little hopeless Uh, You might even be a little lost in what to do. Maybe you're searching in this life for maybe what you're calling is next. Because if I can understand college students, I can understand what it feels like going to, like feeling like you're going to mess up your life, like you're doing this life wrong and you wonder if you're just messing everything up. And I almost wonder. And I can kind of take myself back to college and I can, I can just imagine like some of the hope and maybe some of the joy about the future was a little tainted by my fear of, am I gonna mess it all up? Am I doing this life right? Essentially what I was looking for is like, God, I, I wanna know what the plan is. I'm like I wanna know your plan for my life. I wanna know what the direction is. I wanna know exactly what my next step's are and like I'm just searching for this plan and I remember just feeling so empty because I didn't know what was next. God gave me a word tonight and I hope that this word tonight uh, will bring hope back into your life and you can operate from a place of peace and not from a place of panic. Amen. Some of you are like, well, I'm rare right now, right? Midterms come up. Hey, thanks for being super holy during midterm week coming to the crossover, okay? You're definitely going to get at least an A on your papers and tests and everything. I believe it, okay? Okay, maybe not. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for just a another week that we can come and learn more about you and that we can... Uh, learn your truth. Lord, I beg that your spirit stays in here and that we are able to learn uh, what it is to be able to trust in you. And Lord, be with tonight. Be with my words. Let, there be, let them be your words. Let us have a great night learning about you. For it's in your name. Amen. If you would, read with me in Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a, and everyone said, hope. Like, what I've seen in myself as a college student and what I've walked with with many people who were in college is simply this, is that you will lose hope if you can't see any hope in your future. And God is saying, for I know the plans of your future, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for welfare, which means good. Plans for good, not for evil, not for bad. I know the plans that I have for you. How many of us just need to let that verse just resonate in our soul tonight. Like we need to let this just come over our life and know that God has a plan for me. He has a plan for me that is good. It is not bad. He has a plan for me. I'm important enough from God to be able to have a plan that he has given to me. You know this was written to a people group that needed some hope during this time. This is a great and solid and beautiful verse surrounded by a lot of bad things. It's it's a good verse in a bad chapter. It's a lot of good, it's a it's a good verse surrounded by a lot of hard things, a lot of evil things that is going on in this and we see in verse 4 who he is writing this to. In nine four. it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent to exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Like these are exiles. These are God's people. Uh, that have lived their life over the last couple hundred years. They have lived their life. They have seen miraculous things. They know about what God has done in, in Noah. They, he knows, they know what God has done through Abraham and Isaac. They have seen great and miraculous things. They have heard great and miraculous things. They know who God is. But this people group, for an amount of time, they turned their eyes away from God. And listen, anytime that a nation turns their eyes away from God, God's hand of protection turns away from them. Remember that. And His people during this time, they have turned their eyes away from God and God is now letting them be controlled by Babylon into a very, very hard place. Because of their sin, they are now in this punishment and God is quote-unquote disciplining them. So while they're in this crazy place and they're living day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out, they're trying to find a future hope. They're trying to see the bright side of things, but they just couldn't see the bright side. They can't see past the pain. They can't see past what things used to be and what things are now. They can't see a future Hope, because they're, the very place that they're living at is a very vulgar, very hard place to live at. There's evil all around them. They don't have churches on every corner. They don't have uh, great pastors helping and supporting them. They don't have crossover. Amen, hallelujah, right? But it was just straight evil is essentially what it was described as. But then it gets even worse. Like it's not just that they're in a hard place, but, but then he kicks them down while they're already down and we see what it says here in verse eight and nine. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to their dreams that they dream for it is a lie that they were prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them declares the Lord. Like, just to kick the people while they're already down, they can't even trust the prophets during this time. Because they were telling me, I'm prophesying in the name of the Lord, and God's like, no, 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 no. Like, I didn't even send them. And see, these prophesiers, they would try to connect with these hurting people because when you're hurting and you're stuck and you're lonely like you're going to grasp on anything that can give you some attention and maybe just give you a little hope and he's saying listen like no 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 like you can't find your hope there because they will never be able to point you to me like these people would go around and saying hey listen if you were just if you would just love God more and be extra holy right then all your problems will go away. Now listen, I can't promise you much about the Bible, but I can promise you one thing, is that the more that you live with Christ, it's not always the easiest life, amen? But also they would say, you know what, if you were just holy enough, if you would just love God enough, then sickness will flee from you. Or as we heard from that day, even to this day, man, if you just give more money to God, then then God will bless you more abundantly, and just prosperity after prosperity after prosperity. And God's like, this isn't from me. You can't even trust the prophesiers or the pastors or the priests at these days. So these people were stuck in a place because they had turned away from God and they're in a place that is not Christ-centered. And when they look at their future, there isn't any hope. And when they're trying to seek help, they can't even seek help to these people. And let's just say that they were at a hard place at a hard time, and this is a hard chapter, but then comes verse 11. And God picks up the mic. And God says, I know that you're hurting I know things are hard for you right now. I know that you're searching for answers. I know that some of you might even be upset with me because you're not getting every answer to every question that you have right now. I know you want to know what is next, but guess what? You might not know what next is, but I know. You might not know what your plans are, but I have a plan for you. I haven't lost them. I haven't misplaced them. I haven't put them on a shelf and forgot about them. No, no, no. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. And it is on the forefront of my mind where you are going to go next, what your plans are. So how do you find hope? I mean, the Bible simply states that you have to trust that God has a plan. Not only that God has a plan, but the plan that God has for you is good. Now, how do I know that you are in preparation to hearing the plan of God? Well, I think first and foremost, you're here tonight, amen? Some of you might not think that you're worthy of God's plan because of your past. These people have a horrible past, maybe even a worse past, than some of you, and guess what? God's plan for them was big enough that we're still talking about it two to 3,000 years later. What I can say about this text, if it can illuminate anything for me, it's simply this, is that great faith grows in the dark. Like, great faith grows in the dark when you don't know what God is going to do or why God is doing something in your life right now that you don't understand. When you're begging him what is next and there isn't a clear path for what is next. Or you've gotten to the place, maybe some of you gotten to the place where you're just straight up angry with God. Like, why won't you tell me? Why won't you give me a clear sign on exactly what I'm supposed to be doing? And at that moment, listen, you're gonna wanna crumble, you're wanna go to you're gonna wanna recluse, you're gonna wanna just give up. And let me just beg you on something. I have been there. This is when your faith will be built. And when things seem to not be moving in your life and things are unclear, when you feel stuck, when it's dark in your life about what is next, at that moment is when you will see God tell his children, hey, listen, I know that you might not know the plans, but I do. I know it's unclear for you, but trust me, I know what is next for you. I just think about the road trips with the Russell family back in the 90s. I am a a child of the 90s. Y'all weren't even thought of yet, you're welcome. But I just remember we go on family road trips in our 1992 Purple Lincoln Continental, don't be jealous, okay? It was a Barney car, that's what all my friends called it. And it always started strong, all right? Family trips always started strong and then about 20 minutes into it, all right, my older sister and I, she would either have her hand too close to me or I was breathing too hard. And if her hand was, we have a little thing called Russell Rage in our family, all right, and if her hand was too close to me, like I went zero to 100, like Hulk smashing it double-handed, like get out of here, like, you know, like, like and just straight up like wall, uh, you know, wallop her hand, I don't even know what wallop is, all right. But if I was breathing too hard, like my sister wouldn't even give me a warning. It was a straight left hook to the jaw. Knock me out in second grade in the back of the Barney Mobile, right? Like, and I'm like second grade waking up, like, and then crazy be it, my mom's like, well, let's sing some songs together. All right. And it's always the godly song. Anybody have the mom that wants your family to sing together in a car? All right. My mom was like, All right, it's time for us to sing. The guys would have a part, and the girls would have the part. You know, it'd be like, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then the girls would seven, like, What can wash up? Like, it was holy. Like, it was, it was a holy moment for the Russells. We'd, we'd get there, we'd get to the lake, because we couldn't afford the beach. All right, so a $250 trip to the lake is way better than a $2,500 trip to, to the beach. And it was a holy, it was a blessed time. And yes, my sister and I would definitely have some fights. And all my friends in high school were like, Brent, how do you, how'd you learn how to fight so good? I was like, dude, my sister would whoop my butt until like fourth grade. Like she was just tougher than nails. Like I wouldn't want to fight my sister. All right, she's, she's, she's mean. All right. But you know, what's crazy about those road trips is that I never worried whether or not my dad was gonna get us to where we needed to be. Like I didn't have to find a road map, I didn't have to second guess, like I never even thought that my dad didn't know where he was going. I knew that my father would always get us to the place where we needed to be. How many of us need to hear that tonight? How many of us are at a place where we can step back and we can realize, that we are not the ones driving right now. We're not the ones in control right now, but we have a father in heaven who's going to get us to the place where we need to be. No matter how many times my five-year-old begs me to drive on the highway, he wants to so bad, he wants to drive on the big road, daddy. I can do it, daddy, I can handle it, daddy, I promise. Put the seatbelt on both of us, daddy, it will be okay. No matter how much he wants to drive, he can't even reach the pedals. I mean, that dude's going to be like, he asked me all the time to wreck my truck into people. Like, the dude's like, it's crazy. I'm like, there's no way that that is going to happen. He wouldn't be able to handle driving. Same goes for us. No matter how many times you want to be in control of your life, in control of your plans, we wouldn't be able to handle that much responsibility like God can. How many of us need to hear, God speak that into your life right now, for I know the plans that I have for you. Are you gonna trust him to take you where you need to be? He says, I know the plans so you don't have to worry. But he does give us a little direction And I love the fact that I was able to read this and study some other pastors on how they handle this because I had actually never seen this. He does give us some direction because he does know the plans and we do know that the plans are for good and not for evil, but I also see that it's a future tense. A plan's for a future. A plan's for a future hope. A plan's for tomorrow. How can you trust God now because you know that he has a plan for you Tomorrow, And what that means is God who sees things in linear, he sees all things at once. He doesn't have a timeline. He sees everything that happens in the past and everything that happens in the future all at once. That God who steps into the future and sees things in the future, he steps back into our reality and says, you know what? Yeah, you can trust me. Like I know the future, I know the plans, and I know that they are going to be good. So what does that mean? Does that mean that we need to set back, do nothing, because God is in total control of our lives? We haven't read the rest of the text yet. Verse 5 and 6 says this, build your houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. Some of you are like, okay, I'm all right with that. I'm ready to get to the wives and husbands part. I'm ready to multiply. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? Some of you are like, I just want a date. All right. Can I just get a daggum date out of this thing? My goodness, Lord i are not going to talk about that again. All right. What I really think that he is saying here with building and planting and eating of these fruits and multiplying is I think what he is trying to tell these people is, is that you need to maximize the moment that you are in. Like, Don't be stagnant where you're at. Don't let today waste itself. Don't always worry about the future. Work hard where you are at at this moment of time. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Seize the moment that you are in. Don't shrink back, but step in and step forward to do the best at what you have been placed in at that moment. So, what do you think that looks like for you, college students? What calling do you have on your life right now, today, 2022? You got to be the best version of yourself and give God glory where you're at. Like, work hard. But what do you think that looks like for for you? What calling do you have? I'm going to say it you're a student right? School. Anybody excited about that? You're welcome, right? People are like, I just don't know what I'm called to do. Well, I'm like, well, right now you're called to be a student. Like, you got to be the best student that you possibly can at this moment of time, and this is the responsibility that is put in front of you. And my question is, are you giving it your best and doing all things for the glory of God? Like, just think about it. Like, if you did the rest of your life the way that you are doing school now, do you see much potential for you in the real world? Are you trying to find the the bare minimum to pass? Maybe some of you are trying to find ways to cheat. Maybe some of you are trying to find ways to cut corners. See, some of us are so worried about not knowing exactly what your calling and your future is. You're not even focused on your calling right now. And it's school. You need to maximize it to your best ability. You got to work hard at it. You can't just be you can't just be flippant about it. You got to put time and effort and work and discipline and be able to just maximize this calling. You know what I think that also is a big calling on your life is time. How are you maximizing your time right now for most of you, not all of you, but for most of you, you have more time in your life than you will have the rest of your life. If I wish, if if God ever woke me up back in in my college years at 20 years old and I woke up and I had a, let's say 18, and I got to wake up my freshman year of college, you know what I would definitely have changed is how I maximized my time because I think that I would have worked on myself. I think that I would have worked on maybe trying to find some things that I would be interested in and maybe learn uh, different things about different people. I think I would have found different hobbies to be able to just find different types of joys and different types of things, maybe different types of culture during my day and age. And I think that that would have been awesome to find ways to maximize my time. I also wish that I would have learned how to take care of myself better. Studies show that if you eat right, you sleep at at least eight hours a day, and you work out three times a week for over, and keeping your B, your BPMs uh, over one hundred and twenty for thirty minutes three times a week, that it will drastically reduce stress, anxiety and depression, just the physicality, just working out, just taking care of yourself, I'm telling you, it would've changed my whole life. If I just would've learned how to take care of myself and maximize my time, how are you spending your time? Are you wasting your time? Or are you building into your time? We are to maximize the moment but some of you are like, well, Brent, how does school and how does time and whatever else you're called right now, like, like how, is that, like how does that pay off? Let's read on. Verse 7 says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray for the Lord on its behalf. For in this welfare, you will also find welfare. Students, listen. If you want to change your life, if you're stuck in the mud, if you're not knowing where to go or what to do, if you wake up stressed and you go to bed depressed, you can't see a future hope, you don't know exactly what's going on, you don't know exactly what the plan is, listen, I think sometimes we can be so focused on us that we can lose sight of what the Bible is telling us to do. What's our motto here in Crossovers? Love God and to love others. So many times we can be so focused on ourselves that we become self-centered. And students, listen, I don't know why this works, maybe because it's in the Bible, all right? Imagine that, the Bible actually making sense and actually doing things that, that we should apply to our life. But but when I start getting stressed, just my personal, this is my personal life here. When I start getting stressed or anxious, like you asked Caroline, like. I have to go serve somebody. Like, I have to go love on somebody. I have to go talk with somebody. I have to go maybe have a coffee with somebody and learn who they are and learn what type of trouble they're going in and, like, how I can help them. Like, like, and it changes my life. Like, uh, last week, um, my neighbor and I have befriended him, and uh, about a year ago, we, we got, or I guess about two years ago, we were starting to get close, and I'm, I'm doing life with them, and Over the last year, his wife, uh, her health has just disintegrated, and they are spending multiple of thousands of dollars every single month for her medical bills and medical care, and I just know that that finances, I mean, they get a little scary when you're 75, and you don't want to outlive your money, and so he's starting to cut back on some of the finer things in life, and one of them is Planting his grass. And I, if y'all know me, like I love a good lawn. All right. I'm one of those lawn dads. All right. I got a little green thumb in me. All right. And uh, I love my neighbor. And I was like, you know what? Let me grab some college guys because he wasn't going to plant grass this year. He was just going to let it just burn. All right. I was like, well, let me grab some guys. And so me and three college guys that are here tonight, uh, we went and planted his grass. And they don't even know this about them, but but what was funny is I worked with all three of these guys separately at different points of the of, of the day. And all three of those college guys were like, you know what? Like I if he's gonna try to pay us, they didn't even know they, they were gonna get paid. Like like he's they're like if he even tries to pay us, like I don't even want them, like this is just fun to serve him. Like he's a nice guy, like like it's just fun. Like I wish, you know, like I could do this more often. Like they just love to serve him. Well, anyways, they finished, and man, Chris just had a smile from ear to ear. He was very thankful, and I'm sitting out there talking to him just a little bit, and he goes inside, and Miss Karen comes out. Miss Karen is, is smiling, but then I, I look at her, and she like, grabs me. She's like, Brent, like, like, thank you. I'm like, oh, you're welcome. And she, she's like, no, 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 like, like, thank you. And she looks at me, and she has tears in her eyes, and she's like, you don't know what type of impact that that you and these boys have made. Like, because I've brought multiple college kids over through the years, and she's like, it's changed us. It's like, you have loved us, and, like, and we don't even know why. And she's like, and then we found out it's because you love Jesus. And like, I'm telling you, she's just so thankful, and she's crying, and she's like, you befriended Chris, and he was in a dark place two years ago, and he's a whole different other person now. And like, like it's just like... Uh, you know, all the stresses of my day, all the things that I was worried about, everything just started melting away because I was there to bless them and then she's turning it around and blessing me. And it's just changed my whole life. Like it took all my stress, wiped it away because I was able to go and serve somebody and love somebody the way that Jesus did. Students, I promise you something That while you are being a blessing to others, you're setting yourself up to be blessed. And when you're taking time out of your day to talk to somebody, not just talk with somebody, but talk with somebody to get to know them. Like taking time out of your day to get to know their hurts and their pains and getting to know who they are and how they click and their rhythm in life, but not only getting to know it, making a difference in their life. And just imagine this. Just imagine this, if someone walks up to you tonight, some of you are lonely right now and you need friends. Imagine if someone walked up to you tonight and says, you know what, I think you're my new best friend, and I want to get to know you, and they take you out to dinner tomorrow night, and you are like, you know what, I want to I hear everything about your life, and you're like, this is awkward, this is not over a text message, how am I supposed to talk, right? Gotcha, a little bit, Okay. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know who you are. And you tell them, and they're like, you know what? Let's surface. Like, what are you dealing with right now? What's the one thing that's really just killing you? And imagine if you gave it to them. And you're like, well, it's really my grades. They're like, you know what? This grades ain't going to be a daggum thing anymore. Like, you need a late night tonight? We're going to do late night study night tonight. All right? You need to learn how to study. I got flashcards. And they take time out of their day to make you feel important. Oh, you got a, you got a problem with this sin? Hey, we're going to conquer it. We're going to pray about it. We're going to put some some provisions around it. We're going to be able to, to rip this thing out of your life, right? Oh, you need some friends groups? I got a friend group. Hey, why don't you come over and hang out with us to, uh, this Thursday? We're going to watch a movie and just hang out and, and play cornhole, right? Like, just imagine the simplest things. Imagine if someone did that for you and how special you would feel. Just imagine what people would feel if you did that to them. Since so one of the reasons why we are losing hope is because we only care about ourselves. And we only look at our problems. We only want people to help change our lives. But if you want to change your hope... Build the hope of Jesus and somebody else tomorrow and love them in a way that, that they need to be loved and love on someone that needs you to be their friend the way that you wish someone would be a friend to you. And when that happens, you will learn that there's much greater joy and hope and purpose in your life serving others than if someone were to serve you. We must learn to serve And when that happens, you won't worry about everything that's what's next. You don't even care about what's next because the only thing that you're really focusing on is how can I help them now? How can I love that person now? How can I serve that person now? How can I lead this person to Jesus now? But it doesn't stop there. Verse 12 and 13, it says this. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me, And you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. If you could just trust me about one thing. If maybe 20 years from now, if you forget about the name of Crossover, you might forget the name Brent Russell. You just remember the bald-headed, bearded guy in my college ministry. A little weird, right? Like if you could just remember one thing that I could ever say to you. The thing that has changed my life more than anything in my life is that the time that you can go and seek Jesus and find Him, that will always fill your appetite in life. If you can seek Jesus... Truly seek Jesus. Fall in your face and find Jesus. Sit in your truck when things are hard and find Jesus. When friends are betraying you and life gets hard and you can sit down and seek Jesus and connect with Jesus, it will always be satisfying to you. But this is what happens for most of us. This is the reason why some of us are not connecting with Jesus because we are seeking Him wrong. And what I mean by that is that you're asking Jesus and you're seeking Jesus for His plan. You're not seeking Jesus for Him. You're like, Lord, like just give me a direction on what's next. Lord... What what exactly am, is my job going to be? Like, Lord, when are you going to bring me my soulmate? I'm starting to put the sing and single right now, for goodness sakes. Like, like, I need to know what the plan is. Like, am I going to have a good job? Am I going to have a good wife or husband? Am I going to have a good family? What is next for me? I'm so worried about what is next rather than you setting down submitting your life totally to Jesus, and Lord, how can I connect with you today? Like, I just want to soak in your presence right now. I just want to exude in your Holy Spirit today. I, want to, I know that things are dark. I know I don't know all the plans, but I know that you do. And Lord, I want to be able to feel your presence. I want to be able to grow in your ways. I want to be able to know how how to discern your spirit. I want to be able to know your nature. And I know what you are capable of, Lord. And I just trust you with my future. See, listen, when you seek God, he promises that you will find him if you seek him the right way. God is not absent. He's there. He wants you to connect with Him and trust Him and to always seek Him. And when this happens, you pray for today. Listen, I think so many times we can miss today because we're always thinking about tomorrow. Today is important. See, when this happens, students, and you are seeking Jesus the right way, you're building a faith in Jesus in the dark, and you're trusting Him in such a way and that's the faith that I believe Hebrews eleven six 6 is saying, if you seek Him, you will find Him, and He will reward you when you are dil- diligently seeking Him. You know, when I was in college, I was, uh, I was going th- through one of my Christian classes at Oklahoma Baptist University. And I started, um, I started like really liking my professor, and we were really connecting really well. And he goes, you know what, one day as a class, let's go to one of the neighboring uh, nursing homes here. And there's about 12 of us in the class. And we go in, and he steps up, and they bring in some of the elderly people there. And he's like, I want y'all each to grab one of the people and take them uh, to the table. Y'all eat dessert and get to know one of each other. So I grabbed uh, Miss, Miss Rose. She was a 92-year-old retired teacher, and I wheeled her over to the uh, to the table, we had our banana pudding, which is phenomenal, right? And me and Miss Rose uh, started. I didn't really know what to expect, but Miss Rose might have had a ninety-two-year-old body, but her mind was as sharp as a tack, and she she took control of the conversation. And went, the way that she talked with me was with such grace. And was such a smile and so clever, and when she would look at me, it looked like she was like looking through my soul. Like, I couldn't lie to Miss Rose, all right? It's like Jesus in a 92-year-old lady form, all right? Like, it's like she just embodied Jesus so well, and she asked me, like, well, you ain't girlfriends? No, thanks, Miss Rose, right? Like, like, you know, she asked me every question, like it, and it was so flawless. Like, it was amazing. And let me tell you that I was shocked about how good our conversation was going and just how awesome she was about bringing up Jesus and how he had changed her life and like what her life looked like with Jesus. And about the time that we started getting into the Jesus talk, uh, the professor came around and handed us a note card. It had one question on it. He said, ask your person uh, what is one thing, what's one piece of advice that you would give me at my age, which I was, you know, 20 years old? What, what advice would you give the 20 year, year old me? And Miss Ruth didn't even skip a beat. She looked up with, with such a smile, I can remember it to this day, with such a smile, she, she smiled, <clears throat> but it was a little bit of a quiver. She had tears starting to pour down her face with just such a big smile. And she said, God's plan is better than I could have ever imagined. I wish I would have trusted it more and worried less. She said, I spent so much time worrying and not enough time living and building my faith early. I wish I would have gotten to know the Jesus that I know now. I wish I would have found my rhythm then like I do now. I wish I would have enjoyed Jesus then like I do now. And I'm telling you guys, it leveled me. Like she just spoke into just such a a, a word in my life. But here's what's crazy about this. You ready for this? We go back to our class the next day and we talked about everybody that we met up with. And this is what this is what was crazy is that almost every single elderly person there said almost the same exact thing. I wish I would have worried less and trusted God more. I wish I would have found my rhythm with Him then, like I do now. Students, we need to evaluate what you seek. We need to find our rhythm with Jesus now. Find out how. He operates. Find out how you can have a conversation. I remember Miss Rose even talking about how funny Jesus is, and how like he would feel like little funny jokes, and like she was just like, "Man, we have such a good time in our relationship together." And I'm like, I want that, and it's taken me some years, but I do. I laugh with Jesus. I, 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 I like it's hilarious. Some of the jokes that me and him, and like just some of the funnies that we have together. And He begins a good work. Listen, we also need to trust that He begins a good work with us and He will finish it at the day of redemption. Your faith grows strongest in the dark because you trust God to know the plan for your life even when you don't. And if you can trust Him, then you can seek Him and you can get to know Him and find your own rhythm with Him. Listen, students, as the band comes up here in just a second. Where are you at with your life right now? Where are you at with your hope? Are you stuck in fear and you're always worried about the future? You're always worried about what's going to happen next? You're worried about that you're going to screw everything up? Are you a ball of stress? Are you able to enjoy the day? Listen, God has a plan for you, and His plan is good, it's not bad. It's a plan that will give you a future and a hope. And I want you to sit back on that tonight. And we're supposed to work hard for today knowing that he's got you. We're supposed to serve hard because he has served us. He has died for us. He has given us a life and a life everlasting. And students, listen, when you can, when you can know and trust him and you can serve for him Man, we can seek Him, seek Him in all that you do, because when you seek Him, you will find Him. And I'm telling you, it is the best thing that I have ever found in my life, is when I have a connection with the Father, and He has a connection with me.